Welcome on into another episode of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130. TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com and anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app. You can search Outdoor Adventures there and find all our past and present episodes. And uh, you can also search News Talk AM 1130 and listen live anytime there on the iHeartRadio app. My good pal Chris Kudak joining me as well. I'm your host Stan Poggle. And uh, let's get right into it, Kudak. Uh, I know you've been getting into that fall spirit. Ready? It's 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 sad in a way because summer is unfortunately coming to an end for all of us. And I know a lot of people don't like the cold weather, Kudak. But I, I'm I'm kind of one of them for the simple fact that I'm a greedy ice fisherman, and I love it. Well, and you, you were know, you were uh, taking docks out today. We're, well, we got rain though. It was. It was. Uh, it, we got. Got. We were getting ready. You know, to you're port, so that kind of put a kibosh to that. So the, that'll be uh, another another day or whatever. But uh, uh, you know, the duck hunting opened up. Small game opened up. Uh, you know, people are people are around, and and uh, it's good to see that people are out hunting and and having a good time. And they got a. You know, there's bass tournaments going on. There's there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on this weekend. You know, it always, you never uh, seem to amaze me when you have some work to do and somehow, some way, you always get out of doing hard labor. I just, I want to, we need to get together sometime and you need to tell me how you do it because it, whether it's a thunderstorm that comes through, you know, the guy's truck breaks down, what have you, there always seems to be a, uh, a uh, little angel over your head looking over for you, so you don't overexert yourself. Well, well, I was kind of going to be the foreman anyway, so I was the one that was. We had the young boys that were going to do all the all the hard, all the all the big weight muscle weightlifter guys were going to do all the hard work. The young young bucks. Yeah, and uh, so you'll have to do that on a future trip. But I know a lot of people are getting excited. I know I was out the other day and. You know, even even my bad fishing skills, you know, you listeners have to keep that in mind. I'm not the greatest fisherman in the world. Uh, Kudak likes to think he is, but he is definitely a, definitely a lot better fisherman than I am. But I, I found a few crappie the other night in the shallows, and I'm hoping, I mean, the water temps aren't that cool yet. So I'm looking forward here to the next couple of weeks because I'm thinking I might have a new spot where I can uh, maybe have a little luck. And maybe have a fish fry for myself. I mean, I you know, it's not like you where, you know, I catch enough to feed the whole whole block. But you know, if I can get a couple, three of them in the pan, that'd be enough to fill me up. Well, yeah, yeah. And if that don't work, you always got White Castle or or uh, a McDonald's for the fish fillet. Ugh, I can't do that. But I do love White Castle sliders. They don't love me, but you know, my stomach doesn't love them all that well. But uh, I I do enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it's that time of year. Guys are guys are deer hunting. I mean, they're just, like I said, the small game's open. Uh, you know, it's it's fall time, and uh, you know, it's happening. The leaves are trees are starting to change, but not around here. I had some turkeys in my yard here yesterday, a mother and, and a bunch of little ones, and uh, I had a I had a little buck buck in the apple tree here. So I yeah, it's. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of getting excited for for the deer hunting and the, and the fall fishing. 
Yeah, speaking of that, you brought up some deer hunting, and we're going to probably chat a little bit about it. I know we chatted a little bit off air about you know the chronic wasting disease and the baiting, and I know that's a couple of hot topics with you, so we will uh, definitely get into that a little bit later on. But we also uh, got your good friend Walt Matten coming on. Yeah, we got Walt from Custom Chickens. He was in uh, St. Paul for the well, one of the show buyer shows in there, and then we'll be back up again uh I believe next week for another show. They got the CSI one week in the can and the, the next week. So they'll be up around town and we're going to talk to Walt to see, uh, what he's got through this year. I know he's got some RPM jigs with rattles in them and mm-hmm. he's got a bunch of new tungsten, new panfish stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what, what all he's got through this year. Yeah, and those RPM jigs are definitely a good thing. I finally had a chance to uh, try them out here this last winter. In fact, I think it was that time we went up with uh, you and Dickie up there, and and I uh, did happen to snag a few on the RPM. So it was, uh, if it works for me, it can pretty much work for anybody out there, as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know, the RPM jigs are not just for winter either. You could, I mean, I use them in the summertime. Yeah. I, I mean, I put them on the my long rods and. You know, get JT Rod with that good, good, good action on the tip, and I'll tell you what, they they work real good in the summer for vertical jigging over the front of the boat when you're when you're on a school of fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we'll get into that with Walt Matten here at the uh, bottom of the hour. Also, uh, other things we're going to have on, we're going to chat with our buddy Nick Cox from TonkaFishing.com. They had their big uh, tournament out at. Uh, um, Lake Minnetonka, your uh, stomping grounds there, Kuduk Fletcher's. And I think yep, that's just yep. about wrapping up here. So we're going to get a report from him about 5.45 this afternoon. He is pretty busy out there because he's kind of running the show as far as, you know, the weigh-ins and the banquet. They have a big uh, walleye dinner and a banquet afterwards. And I think tomorrow as well, we'll find out for sure later, but uh, I believe they have a open-to-the-public uh, walleye dinner that you can do to donate, and it's all... Uh, to go towards uh, suicide prevention and awareness. So that's a great cause. I know most of us, uh, I know myself personally, have uh, dealt with that situation, and uh, a lot of others I know have as well. So it pretty much affects everybody at some point in their life, and somebody of somebody knows somebody that has you know, dealt with that situation. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Also, like I said, Walt Matten. And uh, I know I'm going to try to get you fired up because we're going to chat about CWD, chronic wasting disease. I just read an article here from the DNR. There, uh, uh, there's going to be some mandatory testing, it sounds like, in certain areas because they found that one in captivity up there. I think it was, what, Crow Wing or Meeker County or both. They uh, they found I believe, one. I believe it was Crow Wing County they found it. And, yeah. uh, you know... It's it's like everything else around. I mean, it's no different than the zebra mussels and, and this and that. But, you know, I I you know, I just I mean, it's around and it's it's uh, where is it coming from? They really don't know. Is it coming from the deer feeding? I don't think they really know. Yep. Well, the thing that gets me is you know it seems like now everything is invasive except dirt. You know, <laughs> I well, mean, it started well, with the milfoil. And then now we got the zebra mussels, and now it's the spiny water fleas, and they got the uh, the flying the flying carp, and now they're talking about night crawlers. Yeah, what night crawlers? You so, got to explain that a little bit. What are they I, saying on that? I just, uh, I mean, I was talking to them, and they told me that uh, night crawlers are uh, an invasive species, and I said, well, you know, 
I've been picking night crawlers since <laughs> I've been a young kid. I've been down at the parks, and how, can, how are they invasive species? I just, I explain that to me. I don't know. I just, it's, uh... Yeah, it, it, seem, it seems another way for them to, I don't know if they've come up with a way, but it just seems like another way of either spending more of our tax dollars or... You know, charging us more for our licenses or more for our boat tabs or more for our duck stamp or more for our walleye stamp or more for our trout stamp because they have to prevent all these things that are going to, you know, quote unquote, kill our lakes or kill our streams and kill our drinking water. And, you know, I, I get it to a certain extent and I'm the first one. I mean, I'm not one to throw all my junk in, out the window, you know, like a lot of people did way back when, but. At the same time, there has to be an end game where you you're not going to prevent every single last thing. Well, I, I tell you what, I know guys that were at the river and they were fishing for oh, bass, whatever they were fishing for, and uh, they had a, they caught a, a oh, what the heck was a sheephead. Mm-hmm. So they 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 cleaned that sheephead, and the sheephead was full of zebra mussels. I've known also guys that that have shot ducks. I hope they were mallards or coot, whatever they shot, but yep. they, they had zebra mussels in them. Mm-hmm. So you, 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 these fish are eating the zebra mussels. Uh, the ducks, they fly all over the country, so they're spreading it, but they blame it on the fishermen. They blame yep. it on this. They blame it on that. You know, and then they jack up our, our rates on our, our four-wheelers, our license, our trucks. Well, I always thought the, the, the lottery and the pull tabs, you know, was, was supposed to be going for some of our, uh, you know, some of the conservation efforts. Yeah, our efforts and stuff, but they keep on, on boosting all this stuff up and raising our taxes. And I seen uh, our fearless leader there the other day. He had a blow up and because he, they can't get along with all this stuff. Yep. And you know what? That's your job to sit down there and don't run away and get this stuff worked out. We're paying you. We're, we're paying you to do that job. You don't get mad at the Democrats, Republicans, or, or whoever, whoever, you get the job done. I mean, if I got mad at a job and I walked out the job, I'd be fired. Yep. You know, he just I keeps just, on doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know. Boy, Kudak, we're not going to get you into a heated political debate here on Outdoor Adventures, I hope, because that, I mean, we could go till midnight on that. Well, I know. We'll, we'll, just, <laughs> we'll just leave that at that, and we'll, we'll just go back to the, the deer hunting, uh, you know, it, it's it, you know I'm looking I'm looking at out my back door here standing on my deck and there's uh 60 70 acres of corn there and he's got alfalfa there and there's deer out in this field every night. Well, gee, I wonder why. Well, yeah, but but you know it, it, we can't we can't go out. I mean, other states can go out and feed these deer and they can shoot over a food pot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you go down there, well. This guy over here, I'm sure he probably won't pick all that corn. He'll leave probably 10, 15 acres sitting there, plus that alfalfa will be sitting there. Well, do you think there will be a deer stand sitting on my on my edge of my property so this guy can shoot a deer? Well, sure there will be. And that's, to me, that seems like baiting. I mean, you're hunting over a field. That's, you know, and I know, I know a lot of guys that, that plant their sorghum, that plant their beets, that plant this and plant that, but we can't bait this state. But, you know, to me, if you put 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 stuff out in your, and I know guys that got big deer woods, that in the middle of that deer woods, there's there's all kinds of food plots. Well, they got a deer stand sitting there. Well, isn't that baiting? I, I, I 
have never got the the answer. And I mean, I've asked many times, well, you know, the powers to be, well, isn't that baiting? Well, no, that's not baiting. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a it's a confusing mess. I'm not a not a deer hunter, but it sounds like. You know, it's just like we were talking earlier about the invasive species. It just gets more and more confusing as it goes on down the line. But we got to hit to a break here. Walt Matten of Custom Jigs and Spins coming up at uh, the bottom of the hour at 530. You can call in as well, 651-989-5855. And we'll also have Nick Cox from uh, TonkaFishing.com to fill us in on who the big winners were at the uh, first annual uh, Suicide Awareness and Prevention uh, Memorial Tournament there at Lord Fletcher's on Lake Minnetonka. We'll have all that and coming up more here on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and Back with more Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and com. And uh, I was thinking ahead there a little bit. <laughs> said something I didn't want to say. Chris Kudak joining me back here. I'm Stan Poggle, your host. Uh, we'll be here till 6 o'clock, and you can feel free to chime in anytime, 651-989-5855. And uh, we got Walt Matten coming up here at the bottom of the hour, about 10 minutes away from him. We'll find out some new stuff from Custom Jigs and Spins for the upcoming fall fishing season, Kudak, which I'm looking forward to. And then, of course, wintertime, I kind of go on an extended vacation, if you will, and I'll be spending a lot of time on the ice in the fish house. So I'm looking forward to talking to Walt. And who knows, maybe Czech guy will check in as well. Well, yeah, yeah, your buddy Chuck, uh, you, uh, you maybe could get him in that new wheelhouse of yours over there at Minnetonka, and, and, and you guys can have a, a, a wing ding of a time. Yeah, exactly. He looks like a pretty fun guy. He's got a kind of a weird hat, but uh, he, he definitely looks like he'd be a lot of fun out on the ice. And me and my buddies, as you know, we like to have a lot of fun out there. So maybe we'll maybe we'll get him out there, fly him in from, from Czech land and... I'm sure we could probably get that done for you because, uh, you know, you're pretty much a celebrity over at Minnetonka with your crony. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but uh, we were chatting a little bit before the break about the chronic wasting disease, and and uh, I know we we were chatting about, you know, whether it's uh, a huge problem or not, but basically they found one in a... And it was one in captivity, so I'm guessing, what is this, like a deer farm, or like, what do they sell them, like dogs, or what do they do there? Well, some of these guys raise deer, and then they sell them around the country. A lot of places raise these deer and, and uh, use, use them for getting their scent, the doe scent and the, and the buck scent. And, uh, you know, some guys raise big trophy deer, and, uh, you know, they, they, they sell them. You know, they sell them to other, other guys that raise them or, or whatever. Kind of like the elk farms back in the day. Some guys do do raise them and, and you know process them and sell the meat too. Yeah, exactly. So they're talking now. They're going to have this mandatory testing because they found the ones in that uh, that game farm, so to speak. And now all hunters in the affected area, they're going to be required to have the deer, any harvested deer, uh, tested um, after uh, the uh, firearm season starts. So. 
basically have to field dress the deer, then you take them to the sampling, sta- sampling station, and then the DNR, they're going to actually take the lymph nodes out of the deer, and then they're going to take that to the lab and, and test it. So um, if you're in certain zones up there in central and uh, north-central Minnesota, and also uh, southeastern Minnesota, now I know that was a few years back, um, where now did they have some down there in southeast Minnesota, or were they... I can't remember exactly if they had found some or if it was one where they thought they may be infected down there in southeastern Minnesota. But uh, quite a few regions and quite a few uh, permit areas are basically going to require you to take these, take your uh, deer into these stations and have the DNR get the lymph nodes out so they can test them. Well, you know, a lot of other states, you know, if you cannot transport the deer, you have to address the deer there debone them and just bring the meat back. You cannot bring any bones back, any you know carcasses back at all. It's just the meat. Like Iowa, I, I believe Dakotas made me do it. If you go out and shoot a deer or, or antelope or anything over there, I believe that you have to have a process in that state and bring it back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, you're talking about the processing across straight lines or you can't transport it? Yes. Yep, that's exactly correct. I think it's basically has to be processed, cut, and wrapped before you can uh, even bring it across. I'll double check on that here during the break and see if I can find out for sure. But it, but it does have something to do uh, to that uh, round of effect. We have uh, Jeff on the line. Oh, I almost hung up on you there, Kudak. I almost got a trigger finger here. Let's bring Jeff on the line. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures, Jeff. Hey, thanks. I remember an article from the Star Tribune. I believe it was. I don't know how long ago, but it's been quite a while. But they've been, they were talking about earthworms and nightcrawlers being invasive species. Yeah. I don't know if you can do a search or, mm-hmm. but it has been now, quite a while ago. Now, how do you, how do you feel and about I thought, that, how though? How much is this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm guessing uh, you've been picking worms. I know with the old man, we used to, before we had that big walleye trip up to uh, Minnewaska, we'd always, Go out in the backyard, and he'd have a flashlight, and I'd have a flashlight. And, of course, my old man, uh, believe it or not, was quicker than me. He just had the technique, you know. I have an electric worm digger that a handyman made in probably 1945, you know. Now, you better watch watch that, Jeff. That might be illegal amongst uh, Minnesota DNR standards today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they come up with this invasive. If they were invasive species, it's probably since the founding of the country. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You know, this. Uh, what was the one? They it was. Gosh, it was some some wildflower or something that they're trying to say that are invasive. And you know, I'm thinking the next thing it's going to be lily pads. Yeah. You know, they're and I mean, for bass. You yeah, know that. they're fantastic for bass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I just. Maybe you can do a search sometime. Yeah, we'll check it out. Thanks for calling, Jeff. You're welcome. Yep, bye-bye. That was uh, Jeff uh, commenting, and at least at least uh, one guy agrees with us, Kudux, that we're uh, we're not nuts, and you know the DNR may be more nuts than we are. Well, you know, I've been I've been you know, like I said, back when I was a kid down in the cities, we used to oh, the old neighborhood. We we'd go down to the park and we'd pick pick crawlers, and we had a cooler. Cooler on the side of the road there, and we we sell every crawler. I mean, everybody come buy, buy crawlers from us. I mean, and we've been using you know, I've been using night crawlers and digging worms since I was a little kid to go fishing. You know, pretty soon 
we won't be able to use corn and balls because they're invasive species. Yeah, it's it's getting to the point where, and that's the thing too. They had uh, some corrections. I don't know. I, I think Sue Jeffers joked about this a couple of weeks ago on her show too. But they in the regulations handbook, I can't remember if it was the fishing or the hunting, but there was various discrepancies that were printed that were wrong. Um, basically, they had some zones that were wrong, and maybe some fees and you know uh, size limits and or slot limits that were were printed wrong in the handbook that you normally get like at the DMV. They usually have them, you know, or at the DNR office, or sometimes the sheriff's office or the bait shop. Yeah. Um, and basically, they just had this little like one paragraph press release saying, "Hey, you know." check online to make sure you get the right regulations because we screwed up and printed it. Well, that book is has so many regulations, and it changes every year. I mean, Red was it Red Lake? or uh, Yeah, I think it was Red Lake here in the last couple of years. I mean, their walleye slot and, and bag limits have changed like four times. Well, the whole thing about this deal with these slot limits and all this and that, every lake you go to, you know, even the little lakes around here, they got it posted on the on the you know boat access where you go. Well, you know they got so many regulations. Guys, guys just don't want to go fishing because they got so many regulations, and it's just it's every lake is different. I mean, you can't do this, you can't do that. You know they got trophy lakes that you can only take a few fish out. They, you got slot limits, and I mean it. They, they got to do something a little different than what they're doing because I mean. I had some guys that I talked to here a while back. They were fishing blacks that were from another state. They come pulling up and had a bunch of walleyes. I said, you can't take walleyes out of that lake. <laughs> yeah, that's no good. No, well, that one I mean, they maybe should have known. But, yeah, if you're out of state, I mean, I guess, but at the same time, it, it has to fall on the the angler and or the hunter, too. Um, but then again, you know, you read these regulations in the handbook, and they're in the handbook that you get from the Department of Natural Resources, and maybe something is misprinted. Well, if you're a new hunter or a new fisherman, you know, let's say, for example, I, I went in there and it said, Malax Lake, you know, limit four walleyes, any size. You know, it just got misprinted, an obvious, well, I would know that because, you know, I know what's going on, but... Let's say you're coming in from Illinois or you're coming in from Florida or Iowa or Wisconsin, whatever, and you're heading up there, and you grab that handbook and it's in there, then what? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a catch-22 type deal. And, and you know, and if, you're, if you're going to buy a purchase a license, you're supposed to know the regulations. I mean, that's just how it is. And, I mean, you get caught. Put your hand in a cookie jar, they will find you. I mean, yep. I've been checked numerous times at the small lakes, and, you know, and I was literally on one lake because I, I didn't think they had a slot limit on the walleyes or a size limit or or whatever, and and I, they didn't. And the DNR guy was there, and he checked. He checked their panfish, checked their walleyes, and, uh, you know, we were, we were legal. And, uh, and I asked him, I said... Well, you were legal on, on uh, how many fish you had anyway. Oh, you, well, yeah. You know, other things, maybe not so much. We, we, didn't, we didn't have over <laughs> our limit. We, we took a few. We caught a ton. We only took a few, just enough for the, the customer and his grandson to uh, have a meal. And they had some panfish. They had some crappies. They had uh, uh, a few walleyes. And, you know, they just said, oh, we just want to take enough for a meal. And, and there, I mean, we fished all day. We caught a lot of fish. 
We threw a lot back, and we just kept some eaters. That's all we kept. That's all they wanted. Yep. And they, they, they had a good time, but, you know, there's some lakes that you can't do that. Yep. Well, we'll uh, continue this conversation a little later. Also coming up at 545, we'll have Nick Cox from Tonka Fishing. They have the big uh, fundraising tournament out there at Lake Minnetonka this afternoon. We'll find out uh, how many walleyes they snagged out there, and they got a big banquet coming up this evening as well. So if you're heading that way, stop in and uh, bump into those guys and say hi to Nick from us here at Outdoor Adventures. Sure he'd be uh, happy to see you and uh, pass along some some good stories for you, so we'll uh, get to him at 545, and we'll also have Walt Matten of Custom Jigs and Spins. Got some cool new stuff out for the upcoming fall and winter seasons. We'll do that next here in the second half of Outdoor Adventures. You can chime in as well. Phone lines are open at 651-989-5855. This is Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and com. Into the second half of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app. You can listen live anytime. Just search News Talk, AM 1130, or you can catch our podcast. You can follow us there on iHeartRadio. Search Outdoor Adventures, and you can find all our past and present episodes there. And we're going to get into, uh, I think, Kudak. We may get into a little, uh, little ice fishing here with our next guest. Well, you know, they got just more than ice fishing. They got they got uh, they got some good summer stuff. They got uh, they got some cat. They got a catfish line out now. Yeah, they oh, got a little everything. They got they got uh, you know they got the whole ball of action. I'll tell you what, it's all good stuff. I mean, it's it's they they got qual- They got some of the best quality tackle on the market. Well, we'll get into that, and I have a little bit to, to uh, attest to that as well. But let's bring him on, our friend uh, Walt Matten of Custom Jigs and Spin here right now in Outdoor Adventures. How have we been, Walt? Hey, doing good. How you doing, boys? You you, you made it back from, from uh, up in Minnesota. Are you back home now? Yeah, but i got to go back to Minnesota. i got to go back to St. Cloud uh, Monday morning to another show. So Just a short yep. turnaround then. How how was uh, how was the show there the other day? I, I was going to stop over there, but I uh, ended up going fishing instead. Well, that was a good choice. It's a good show, you know. It's it's, it's hot right now, so it's kind of hard. It's I don't know how fishing is by you, but it's been rough by me, just from the sheer hot weather, you know. But one thing that's going to turn on, I'll tell you, you well, you know, you know, the walleyes in the rivers, they're going to make their fall run, and we've got some products that's great for that. And, you know, just to, just to touch on some stuff, you know, we've got the moxies and the ringworms and uh, pulsars and the rib fins with beef fishing tackle, you know, and plastics, you know, we just use the plastics without any live bait. But you could put a minnow on there or, or a half crawler if you wanted to, but you really don't need to. Fish are really, when they strike the plastic, they're really, really aggressive. But uh, a lot of things, that, a lot of, you know, the anglers don't really know how to work them. You know, you don't work them like you're, like you're jigging. You know, you don't want to work a big piece of plastic like a moxie like you're, like you're jigging. What, uh, what we, we basically got three techniques. One is casting it out and letting it swing back behind the boat. The other is dragging, which is dragging as you're, as you're dragging with your trolling motor and you let the, let the jig drag behind you. And for those, we've got the dragon jig that doesn't hang up. And then a real, real good one, especially when conditions are, seem to be tough, is uh, just kind of hanging it, 
And basically what you do is you put that plastic on the H2O jig that's got a little keeper, holds it in place, drop it down to bottom, raise it up off the bottom, maybe three, four inches, and just hold it there. You don't jig it. You don't move it. You don't do nothing. And you just kind of let the plastic do its magic down there, do its magical wiggle, and those walleyes will find it in that dirty water and just pound on it. So that's a, that's a really, really good technique, you know, for guys that vertical jig. But if you move that stuff, plastic too much, you're not going to catch the fish, like if you just hang it there. Well, then you, then you got the RPM jig, and everybody, you know, like Stan, he used it last winter, and he caught some fish on it. And I right. was telling him earlier that, uh, you know, you could use that also in the summertime. I mean, I use a lot of them in the summertime. Oh, yeah, the RPM jig, you know, you can, you can the guys use it in Malox, you know, Malox is funny right now, but guys use it out there. You know, on the on the reefs and the mudflats and stuff, it's it's basically casting it out and kind of, you know, running it, working it like a like a snap jig. You you snap it back to the boat, let it fall back down, snap it again to fall. It'll it'll swim off to the side. We've got a new one that's got a rattle in it, so it's a rattle in RPM. That that'll attract the fish. But then also that one, if you if you've got a pot of crappies or a pot of perch, whether it's winter or summer. You know, you drop that down there and just start working it in, in some pumpy, uh, pumping motion about a six inches to a foot, you know, lift pump, and they smack it. They just come right, right up and smack it. So it's a good it's a good bait. It's a triggering bait, and it's good for cold water, too. Yeah, and I, I had a chance. I had my underwater camera down the last time I used it up at uh, Kudak's place there, and he was on some rocks, and, and we ch- chat a lot about, you know, uh, how – the materials you use are top notch and you know you get kind of what you pay for and i mean i was banging that thing off of rocks for two straight days and there wasn't literally a chip on it yeah kind of the difference with ours is ours is actually it's a it's plastic over lead so it's a little bit stronger than most you know with the lead a lot of times you bang it on the rocks it's going to chip off you know so but ours is ours is a good plastic and it's painted over that epoxy finish so it's 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 a it's a real durable bait, and the the other thing is it's got a the tail fin is actually one piece with the body, so it's not a separate piece. So if you you know bang that tail fin or you cast it out and hit a rock, it's not going to break off or you know from the from the body like some of them other ones. And what what what? Now that we're talking about winter fishing, what you you got a ton of unbelievable winter stuff, but you come out with a new line of tungsten jigs this year, new colors. Uh, a little little bit of jewelry on them, the way it looks, and uh, uh, they're yep. they're eye catchers, and they look like they're really going to be good this winter. Yeah, we got we got two new jigs, completely new designs, new tungsten jigs, and then we've got variations on the on the check eye, the check eye jig, which is our most popular jig because it's uh it's it's made with a real good quality Japanese hook. The hook rides at a thirty degree angle. It's got a heavy head. That's available in uh, three millimeter, four millimeter, four point five, and a and a five millimeter. So we've got ten new colors added to our lineup, including colors like lemonade and wonder glow, and and colors that you normally would find on custom painted crankbaits. Um, so we've got, I think we've got eighteen colors in all in our check eye jigs, and then we've got a new magnum size check eye, which is a seven millimeter check eye, and that's in our eight hottest colors. Uh, a couple of them are some new colors mixed in there. And that check eye, that heavy check eye jig is going to be great for deep water perch, deep water crappies, and then also walleye 
size of uh, all depths. Sometimes they want it banged on the bottom. Sometimes, you know, you need a little bit heavier to get down deeper. And it, that's going to be a really, really good bait, especially for the Minnesota guys. Um, then we've got the Yayi, which is a, it's kind of a tungsten fly. Hook rides at a 30-degree angle. we got three sizes of that uh, with, a, with four, di- four different colors. They're all glow colors with UV finish. And we've got the Glasba, which is a uh, – it's a it's a diamond jig like our regular diamond jig, but it's made out of tungsten. Got a super sharp Japanese hook, and it's got a little diamond uh, diamond plastic nose that kind of refracts the light down there. So if it's a bright sunny sunny day, it'll uh, get a little extra light down there. And uh, yeah, that was interesting. I saw that one on the website, and uh, that that one's real interesting. By the way, uh, where can people find your stuff? Unfortunately, uh, we're running short on time here today, Walt. But uh, well, how do people get a hold of you and find jig- your stuff? You could go to customjigs.com, dot com, but they're everywhere. They're in, they're going to be in all your local tackle shops, Shields, uh, Mills Fleet Farm, Cabela's, Bass Pro, pretty much everywhere. So, so it's we're, we've got a we've got everything, and, and almost everybody's got carrying the new stuff. So, so you can find them anywhere, or you can go to the uh, the website. They're two twenty five, and then for for any of our tungsten jigs, which mm-hmm. is a great price, or three ninety nine for the Magnum check eye. So. Excellent. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in, Walt, and don't uh, bust your butt too much at all these trade shows because we need you out on the ice here this winter. Yep, I plan on doing some ice fishing and probably drag Chekai out since he's come up with all these new new colors and patterns this year. Well, sounds excellent. If you ever want to right. uh, bring him into uh, Minnetonka, I'll be there. All right, maybe we'll bring him right into studio. Sounds good. All right, Walt, all right. take it easy. I just got to let him out of the box. Right. Yeah, you, you, anytime you get him out of the box, you let us know. We'll get him in. It's kind of like that guy in Pulp Fiction, only it's Czech eye. It's, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Take it easy, Walt. That's Walt Matten of uh, Custom Jigs and Spins. You can find him at customjigs.com. We'll get an update from uh, Nick Cox of uh, Tonka Fishing at the big fundraising walleye tournament out there on Lake Minnetonka and wrap things up here with more fun. On Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com, this is Outdoor Adventures. Segment of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app. You can search News Talk, AM 1130 there and listen live from 5 to 6 every week. And if you miss any parts of the show or you want to uh, catch it again, you can always find us there as well. Kudak, we have our own channel, believe it or not. It is Outdoor Adventures, so you search that and you can find all our past and present episodes there on the iHeartRadio app. Well, ain't, ain't we on the stream stuff, too, or the Twitter or the Tweeter or something like that, too? <laughs> I, I believe we're on Twitter and Tweeter and uh, Tweety Bird as well and Sylvester. And then we're also on uh, iTunes, I believe. Oh, yep, yep, I forgot the iTunes. Uh, yep. yep, yep, I got that all written down, you know. Yep, exactly. Well, you have to. You have to dial in on your fax machine to get connected. Well, uh, the grandkids were just here, and they were showing me how to do that stuff, and I... I Still ain't got it all dialed in yet, but I'm learning. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, we'll get you there uh, someday. Just like, you know, I'll work on getting you into the technology, and you work on getting me to be able to, like, actually catch a fish. And Well, we, we're, getting you the, we're getting you the JT rod, so 
So, you know, you're, you're getting there with the, with some of the best rods in the market, you know. And uh, I was just looking at some here the other day. I had to have my long rods out when I was walleye fishing and perch fishing. And I'll tell you what, them people, people, you, you go on that guy's website, look at his new products that he's got out for JT Rods, you'll be amazed. Yeah, they are. I'm uh, definitely looking forward to uh, trying out his, uh, his his winter ice rods coming up this uh, winter. I'm really uh, looking forward to that because uh, that'll pretty much uh, pretty much uh, set me up for uh, for the winter for sure. And I'll have some some nice uh, artillery, if you will, if you want to put it that way, uh, for this upcoming ice fishing season. Uh, I don't know. I think we started. We either have a lot of worm lovers out there, Kuduk, or or uh, something because we have another comment on the uh, invasive species and the earthworms. Uh, this is Tom calling in. Good af- or good evening, Tom. How are we doing? Oh, pretty good, Stan. How about you? Not too shabby. So what uh, What did you hear on this earthworm uh, stuff? Actually, it's not what I heard. It's what I decided to find out about four years ago. The idea came up, and I decided to look in on it. It's real simple. Mm-hmm. About, uh, whatever, 40,000 years ago, the last ice age, there was nothing pretty much in the upper northern hemisphere of the world. Okay. And the uh, glaciers retreated, and one of the slowest life forms is an earthworm. And they move about three feet a year is our annual expansion rate. So anything that's more than about 300 miles north of where uh, the glaciers melted is uh, been moved there by your great-grandparents, most likely. Okay. And, uh, and following that, if that makes them invasive that they're here, well, then that might make a human race, uh, yep. elk, deer, <laughs> and whatever else you care to name, possum, all invasive. Yeah, pretty much anything that moves. Yeah, it's it's a political word, political phrasing for political purposes, and you can get Sue in on well, that. Well, that's interesting, too, because I could be wrong here, but I thought I read somewhere that uh, one of the countries of our ancestry brought basically brought the walleye here. I don't know about walleye, but I know railroads spread the uh, smallmouth bass and the pheasant. Uh, the Chinese workers like their pheasant. And when they're work, go working across country, they happen to take hold nicely in the Dakotas. And up in uh, southern Canada, the French uh, rail workers, uh, they kept them in the tanks of the trains. Uh, and they'd have to stop here and there for water. In any place they commonly stop, they stocked some smallmouth bass so they'd have some good, tasty, easy-to-catch food. Hmm. Then again, you look at the DNR that you know some of these lakes didn't have muskies in. So they're an invasive species to that lake, right? If you get, if, 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 yeah. if you stock stock a fish that's not native to that body of water, that's an invasive species. But then again, you got to remember, ducks move everything. Keep them out of the webs of their feet. Uh, anything in the water, the ducks are going to spread it. I don't care what the law does. Well, exactly right. I mean, that's like the super mussels and everything else. You know, the ducks and the geese and everything else. You know, they spread it. Thanks for calling in, Tom, and uh, appreciate you listening. All right, thank you. Yep, take care. Yeah, so uh, it basically comes down to that, I guess, the glaciers and the Ice Age and the uh, saber-toothed tigers and the dodo birds and, and people driving their cars uh, with no shoes on. Yeah, you know, and that's, I'm, I'm glad these people are. I want more people to call in and, and let us know about this stuff. I mean, that's that's what we're here for. I, I It's interesting to find out that where, where this stuff is all coming from. 
Yeah, it is uh, really interesting. You pointed out with the muskies, too, boy. You probably got the muskie guys uh, going there. Um, let's see. Uh, we got a couple of minutes to wrap things up here at Kudak. Uh, real quick, uh, let's... You you kind of have the schedule together. You're kind of the ringleader. So uh, what do we have going for the Governor's Deer Opener coming up here in about a month and a half? Governor's Deer Opener will be in Grand Rapids. It will probably be there Thursday morning to do uh, some radio Thursday afternoon, do some radio Friday, and then we're heading back here. I want to be back by around uh, noon because I deer hunt down here. So it should be, uh, you know, we should have a, I'm sure Pat McMullen will be there from Elk Federation again, and uh, you know we we usually get some good guests up there for that for that deal. Yeah, it should be uh, time. So that's coming up in uh, early November. We'll be up there, and I know you'll probably uh, be getting in on that sausage eating contest they're going to be having up there. Well, no, nope. I got uh, I got a schedule plan for us when we get there, or for me, I, and I'm sure we'll have our sidekick Les Meister with us and and. Uh, Miss Porter, she usually shows up in the whole crew. So, you know, Grand Rapids is a fun town. We're going to have a grand old time up there. Yeah, I, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to it. And I, I tell you what, I may have one of the biggest surprises for you when I uh, see you uh, when I uh, when I come up to uh, hop into your new hot rod. Did you buy a new vehicle? We're taking yours this year. No, 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 no. I just, I just, I'll just put it this way. I'll, I may have a big surprise for you, and I'm not gonna, you know, throw anything out there what it may be. I'm gonna keep pretty uh, quiet about it. But uh, I think you, you know, I'm gonna, I might have to uh, bring a pillow in case you fall over backwards and pass out. <laughs> oh, I could say something to get you in trouble, but I, I won't. I won't just... Yeah, you better keep that tongue bitten there, buddy. You almost got me in trouble last week already. <laughs> I'll, I'll just bite my tongue, and I won't say a word. And uh, before I forget, to, uh before we end the show, I do want to uh, send my condolences out to a good buddy of mine, Brent and Danielle. They lost their dog here the other day, uh, Lucy. She was a sweetheart, and... Uh, She's going to be missed by uh, not only them but me as well. She was a she was a good puppy, and uh, I think it was something that kind of caught him by surprise. So uh, I want to send my uh, thoughts out to my buddies Brent and Danielle as well on that. And, uh, you know, we can't end it on a depressing note. And you know what I forgot today, uh, Kudak, was our, was our song theme thing that we did last week. Now, last week we... We played a few songs, and that basically involved your love life over the past 40 years. And I was going to put something together this week, and it was kind of a hectic day here because we've had some new things with the podcasts and the and the website and the WWWs and the Twitters and the tweets and all that. So I was trying to get all that straightened out before we got going on the show, but we'll have to bring that back because I think that would be a lot of fun. Well, and I believe next week will be your theme songs. Yeah, so you better come up with some theme, and that so that's your job for the next week. You have seven well, days to pick out. You need three songs, and they need to relate to something about me. How does well, that go? Don't worry, I've already got them picked already. There, <laughs> you're in trouble. Oh boy, <laughs> I can only. <laughs> you probably got a list of about thirty of them. I'm guessing. Well, at least. All right. Well, how do people get a hold of you if they uh, want to come up and see you in your neck of the woods? Uh, if they want to go on a lot trip uh, over at Terry's Boat Harbor, they can give Terry a call and just tell them I sent them, or they can call me at uh, 320-630-1761. 
or leave me a message on Outdoor Adventures Facebook. Get a piece people. If you got pictures of some fish, some ducks, some deer, send them our way. Throw them on that Facebook page so we can we can see them and, and we can talk about them. Yeah, and uh, venison, deer jerky, goose jerky, all that fun stuff is always welcome here while I slave away at the radio station. We'll see you, buddy. That is uh, legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. I'm Average Everyday Outdoorsman and two-time reigning bottle bass champion Stan Poggle. Check us out. Search Outdoor Adventures on Facebook and or the iHeartRadio app. Black Republican, Black Democrat coming up next.